0: This session is about fundraising, all about fundraising. And um, I want to say I've been fundraising all my life. I've started when I was a little girl and I've fundraised all over this planet and trained thousands of fundraisers. I'm delighted to do this session with my colleague and partner in all things, but particularly in fundraising, uh, Sarah Vetter. Thank you. Yeah,
1: so I've been working with Lynn now for 13 years, over 13 years. It's just an honor to be doing this work in fundraising. And I wanna just share briefly sort of my money story because I think, or I know, it's important to look at your own money story. It really has an impact on the fundraiser you become or the fundraiser you are. So for me, I I grew up in privilege. Money was a forbidden topic. My mom had the money, the control, the power. It was all about uh, perfectionism and how it looked on the outside. Then I married, I married someone who was quite successful, lived and raised our kids in a very privileged way, but I never, ever, ever felt like I had enough and I always wanted more and it always was about image so gosh 15 years ago everything crashed my whole life sort of crumbled and i realized i had to look inwardly i had to look inner what is wealth what is inner wealth and that's where i discovered the work of the soul money institute and fundraising i met some spiritual leaders i met lynn Uh, i went on a journey with lynn into the amazon and i I realized that was my Dharma, fundraising. And I realized a new kind of wealth, an authentic uh, the well of being. And I became an exceptional fundraiser. And I say this because looking at your, you know your history around money and your relationship with money does really help carve out you as a fundraiser. And now I was fundraised, people fundraise to me you know forever and ever now i fundraise so it's important to really know kind of the roots of your money story and that's my money story it has made me the extraordinary fundraiser that i am and i love fundraising
0: (laughs) (laughs) we both love asking for money so much we might ask you right now actually exactly Um, but i want to make sure you understand that this session is about your relationship with fundraising our expertise uh, and we have lots of it, yeah. is raising money from individuals, not foundations, not corporations, not online fundraising, not digital fundraising, but just talking to people. And that's where the money is actually, no matter where you are, uh, if you're a, a fundraiser. And, and let me just go back and say, I think everybody at some point in their life becomes a fundraiser for your child's school, for the you know walkathon at work, Almost everybody gets into it one way or another. Some people, it's their whole deal like it is for us. For others, it's just something that comes along with life. And it's really wonderful to know how to ask people for money in a way that you don't feel dread or resistance. You know, there's a lot of baggage around fundraising. People don't even like the word, uh, but we're trying to you know transform that so everybody wants to do it because we actually feel that fundraising is sacred work sacred work. (laughs) You know, when you really think about it, a a, a fundraiser, someone who has the courage to ask for money for what they believe in, is someone who uh, is willing and has the courage to reallocate or facilitate reallocating the world's financial resources away from what we fear and towards what we love. And so in this uh, course, we will uh, we'll give you a few tools and tips, but more, moreover, we're going to you, talk to you in a way that hopefully you love fundraising the way we do at the end of this, that you realize that it's about transforming people's lives, giving people an opportunity to use money in a way that's consistent with what they love, what they care about, who they are. And so we've developed um, key principles of fundraising, and it's, it's very sacred to us. I actually consider it a little bit of a ministry. That's a little corny, but I kind of do. And it's sacred because it moves money towards what we all care about. You know, we're, we're usually run, raising money, not just for something that is, we're sort of casually associated with. You don't get involved in fundraising unless you love, love, love what you're fundraising for. So we consider it sacred. We consider it uh, almost kind of like holy, and we love it. We have fun doing it. And I'll, I'll say one other thing: it, it, it's in a particular sector in our world that's often called the nonprofit sector, or the not-for-profit sector, or the non-governmental sector. And I'm leaning over like this because we don't want being in the we don't want to be in the non-sector or sector or the not-for-sector. So we call uh, this sector the social profit sector rather than the non-profit sector. And when we say social profit, we mean not only P-R-O-F-I-T because whether you're raising money for your child's Montessori school or you're ending world hunger or you're saving a river, um, you are generating a social profit. You're really generating a profit, but also you are a social profit P-R-O-P-H-E-T. You're someone who has the guts, the courage, the vision, the wherewithal to stand in the future, look back from there into the present and bring that vision into reality now. So um, join us and become a social prophet with us here and know that um, fundraising is really what unlocks people's longing to be of service to the world actually that's what it's about unlocking people's longing to be of service to the world and it takes a lot of deep 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 listening
1: yeah i am glad i want to say one thing about what this is and isn't and that we where our expertise as lynn said is in one-on-one fundraising it's it's to the individual so A lot of money comes from foundations. A lot of money comes through grants. There's online fundraising. But at the end of the day, you're always talking to one person. So this whole fundraising from the heart is about transforming you, the fundraiser. You kind of, uh, the way you hold yourself as a fundraiser. And as Lynn said, yes, there'll be tips and tools, but that's not really what this is. It's not like do this, do this, do this. No, it's about transforming the way in which the conversation you have, how you show up, the way in which you relate to your financial partner or donor. I think one of the most vitally important things about fundraising is deep listening. When I first started with Lynn, I fought, I stalked her. I pretty much stalked <laughs> her. I just followed her around. I would go to these meetings, major donors, and I would we'd be there with this potential donor for you know an hour, and I would say for the first 50 minutes. Lynn did not say a word. I was dying in the other seat. Like, (laughs) when is she gonna ask? What is the deal? Isn't she like the queen of fundraising? Like, what's happening here? But she was listening for what the person on the other side of the table had to say, what it was they were all about. What it was, what was, what were they there to hear? What, what would be a match for what Lynn had to say or what Lynn was raising money for, what Lynn was passionate about. And I learned something so profound about fundraising and absolutely key to it in all these principles that we're gonna talk about is effective and deep and committed listening. So for 50 minutes or so of an hour long meeting, she would actually do nothing but listen to and listen for what was being said on the other side table and where that person was. And then there became that moment, that very specific moment when there was the listening to share a compelling, irresistible conversation in ways in which they can participate financially in whatever it is Lynn was involved in or we're involved in. So I just want to say when you said about the listening thing, that is like, such a key, key point in fundraising yeah. before we dig into these amazing
0: principles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to say something else. It's okay when people say no. And, you know, you don't like that. That's what you are, you're looking for, a yes. But if you do a really good job, as Sarah is saying, if you listen deeply to people and you pull out of them what they really, really care about, they may end up giving money to something different than what you're asking for. And that's a win too, because what fundraising really is about is unlocking people's generosity, unlocking people's understanding that they can make a difference, unlocking this longing that everybody has to matter. And suppose you ask for ending world hunger, and at the end of the conversation they say, well, that's kind of not my deal. I'm into stopping the abuse of children, uh, sexual abuse of children. And now that I've listened to you and heard you speak and kind of felt this in my heart, although I'm not going to make a contribution to you, thank you very much, I think I am going to make a contribution to that organization working with uh, critically abused kids. And that's a win. You know, there's a pie of resources and it's not finite. It's a flow of financial resources for the things we most care about. And so if you believe deeply in something if you have a profound commitment to it, you know how to fundraise because it's from where you stand that you will come up with the conversation that'll really matter. And from deeply listening to the person whom you're talking to, you'll meet them where they are, you'll inspire them with what you stand for, and you'll unlock what everybody wants, and that is their heart, their soul, they're longing for the world to work, to be unlocked, and to find a path or a way that they can make a difference. That's so true. I have to add one little thing
1: there to the yes. to the no. Uh, if if the conversations is nourishing and people feel seen and heard, the no can also be an opportunity for them to know of someone to connect you to in that for that cause. So in other words, no, you know what that isn't for me. I'm the Hunger Project, Pachamama Alliance. However, because of this deep, rich conversation, I can connect you to someone who would be perfect for your organization. So a no is really never a no, I don't think. I think it's like there's always opportunity within the no. So I just want to add that
0: before we... And I'll I'll just (laughs) also remind us all, and I have to remember this myself, even though it's very personal, what you care about, that's why you're fundraising for it, um, you're asking not for yourself you're asking for what you are standing for. That is where you can find a sweet spot, which is a match between what you're standing for and the cause that you are fundraising for and the listening of the person you're talking to. Somewhere in there is something we call the compelling, irresistible conversation for your work. And um, part of what we want to do here is help you find the compelling, irresistible conversation for your work that will allow you to be bold, that will allow you to talk to people that you're sometimes a little, uh, little, let's say, uh, uh, afraid of or a little um, intimidated by. Um, and you can stand in something that's really meaningful to you, and whatever the outcome, you will have touched their heart, made a difference, and uh, powerfully stand for or stood for what you believe in.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, part of what uh, we recommend and part of fundraising from the heart is designing what that is. Design that specific, compelling, irresistible conversation. Because again, that's that's what will raise money. Standing for what you love, standing for your work, sharing that with or others is really the key to an authentic ask. And that comes from a beautiful, compelling, irresistible conversation.
0: I'll just remind myself and you that sometimes we ask the heavy lifting to be done by a video, by a brochure, by a PowerPoint. And yes, that's fantastic. However, when it comes right down to it, It's you, who you are, where you stand, the deep listening you have, and your commitment to the work that you're fundraising for. So let's get into that a little deeper. Here we go. And we're going to share uh, four kind of key principles with you now. And we call it fundraising from the heart because true fundraising is always a heart connection. It's the heart that gives and then the mind has to make sense of it. So you got to serve both the heart and the mind. Uh, But where things really happen with fundraising and with giving, with sharing, with contributing is in the heart. So these principles will help you find the approach, the uh, conversation, the way of talking about what you care so much about so that you can ask for money. Let's begin with the first principle, shall we?
1: Yes, but the way to, I want to say, the way to listen to these principles is listen for them in a way that you look and see how it might apply to your organization, to your work and your life. So really listen, as we each talk about each principle, really listen for them in that way. And that will help, help you kind of own them uh, and embody them
0: as you go forward in your work. Principle number one, Fundraising consistent with and born of the mission will both fulfill the mission and ensure that the work is always viable. And effective fundraising is a stand, a stand, a a commitment, a passion, a love for the mission and vision of your work so powerful that it draws the resources that it needs to support itself. So what does that mean? (laughs) Well, um, For example, the mission of the Pachamama Alliance, the word Pachamama means Mother Earth. The Pachamama Alliance has uh, many facets of it, but one of it is to find a way to live more sustainably on this planet and in a way that's consistent with Indigenous wisdom. So we have a, a fundraising program that is that mission in action in the fundraising. And here's the example. We invite people to reallocate, let's say, at least $25 or $50 a month from the stream of expenditures they're now making that may be unwittingly destroying the natural world, the forests, the water systems, the the air we breathe, and reallocate that same $25, $50, $100 to the Pachamama Alliance for the preservation of the water, the air, uh, the land, um, and That's a reallocation of resources, really, rather than a contribution. But it also creates a change in lifestyle, which is one of the missions of the Pachamama Alliance. So when we're fundraising for the Pachamama Alliance, we uh, invite people to reallocate their resources away from consumption, away from overconsumption, towards preservation, conservation, restoration of the environment. And that is the mission of the organization in action in the fundraising. It also expresses from the Pachamama Alliance and from fundraisers like Sarah and I, what we're standing for. And that is a shift in the way we live, a shift in the way we live. And so we actually ask people for money not to fund the organization as much as it is, live in a different way and will free up financial resources that will make this education, this organization, this work we're doing with Indigenous people and educating people about how to live a more sustainable life, it will also pay for that. But the actual act of giving the money changes the way you live. So that's the mission in action in the fundraising. And that's a little bit obtuse, but um, I think you might get the feeling. The fundraising needs to be consistent with the mission to have integrity. It can't be completely devoid of what the mission of your organization is. And when you're standing firmly for that mission, you will see ways to fundraise that are consistent with the mission because all you want is that mission to be fulfilled. So that's principle number one. Excellent. Principle number two, effective
1: fundraising is a function of who you are, not what you say or do, And you honor, validate, and serve people with the request itself. So it's great to have a video, a PowerPoint, metrics, toolkit. I don't know, they don't have brochures anymore, but brochures, that's important. But actually, effective fundraising is a function of how they feel around you. Your passion, your energy, your commitment, who you are, has people tap into and get in touch with who they are. It's the heart that gives, the head that gives permission for the heart to give. So you can feel that. I mean, that's what gets communicated. Not really like the words or not the rehearsed, or not the script, it's the, it's the passion. And the donor will trust that your passion when you're in it when you're in a zone it's a magnet for fundraising it's a magnet for raising money that's what you want to leave people with so even if it's rehearsed the perfect pitch the perfect words the perfect you know whatever whatever it is you want to say there's nothing 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 more effective than having your passion, your energy, your love for your work come through. There's two of my favorite quotes. One is Emerson, which is, who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear the words you are saying. And Maya Angelou has another of my favorite quotes. People almost never remember what you say, but almost always remember how you made them feel. To say more on on honoring and validating, uh, you honor and validate the, the donor with the request itself. So actually um, asking is an acknowledgement of that person. It's an affirmation. It says, I see you. It says, I know who you are. I can see that you care. I feel your generosity. It's actually a privilege to ask, to be a financial partner, to partner with your organization. Not asking is actually already saying no for them. Um, and it's not going on bended knees. it's not a pitch it's not hitting them up. Uh, it's enrolling. it's having a conversation it's engaging them in something that you're so you so al- love. It's not being apologetic because when you're when you're afraid, when you're apologetic, when you're not sure, when you have doubts, when you're uncertain, it's saying no for them. So think about it when you're, you know, when you're in the presence uh, of someone who you have such respect for and relate to and admire and are so embodied with the, the cause and the organization, how nourishing that is. And you wanna, you wanna participate, you wanna be a part of it. The suffering comes from not asking. And again, I learned that so much from you because you're never afraid to ask, you're completely unapologetic <laughs> um, and no is okay and you bless and release it. But I've, I've learned so much about not, not having the courage to ask uh, is, is already setting up the no. So you validate and it's an honor. And I also learned that from being asked a lot back in the day and being in situations where I knew they wanted to ask me, but they they just didn't. And it's almost like, wow, it's a little bit invalidating. They're not even asking me. So that's principle number two. Do
0: you have any stories about that one? Uh,
1: Yes, recently we've been in a collaboration with an organization that does dance movement every morning. It's actually called Daybreaker and they collaborated with Pachamama Alliance, which I fundraise for, and a dollar of every ticket sold to these live events um, goes to Pachamama Alliance. So it's incredible through the whole month of April, which is the month of of Earth Day. And uh, the, the founder of the organization was doing a match. So our idea was at each location, we would ask to do a match, like let's, Get, just ask out in the audience. There's all these amazing, incredible people dancing. Let's just ask them for to do a match. So we did an event in various locations. The the second location was in New York, and somebody had matched and was going to get up to ask for a match, and he just didn't. He didn't ask for the match. I'm dying over in the dying over in the audience, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh my God, he was he was afraid to ask. So the next event I went to was in another location. And I just knew that it would be a disservice if I didn't ask. So not only did I ask at the event, but I pre asked I called up a friend who I thought I knew was going to the event and I thought, God, I'm just gonna come out and ask her. This is such an extraordinary organization. And she was thrilled to have been asked, felt like she was you know, picked out specially to ask. She said yes to the match and I did a match at the event. But had I there was a lost opportunity that he he did not do the ask. It validated that woman and it validated the group that I asked at the event on site. So it was really cool. Yeah, I love that story.
0: (laughs) So let's go to principle number three. Money given to make a difference does. Money Given to make a difference does. In other words, it carries the energy of the donor who wants to make a difference with their money. And it makes a difference. It becomes blessed money. It actually becomes blessed money. And when you focus on the partnership, rather than just the money, the partnership with the donor or the contributor, or we often call them investors because they're people who are Mm -hmm. vested in the mission. When you focus on the partnership rather than the money, You generate committed partners who often can bring long-term sustainability to your work. So I really found um, so many examples of this, but I'm going to tell one story. I was in um, inside of a company, which was rare for me at the time as a young fundraiser. I was mostly fundraising one-to-one, but I had a, a, a donor whose name is Bob. Bob loved the Hunger Project, and I was raising money for the Hunger Project, ending world hunger. And he wanted me to come to his uh, accounting firm and ask for money from his partners, because he was so happy to be a philanthropist with Ending World Hunger, and he wanted to share it with his partners. But he uh, was afraid to ask them for money, (laughs) he didn't want to do it. So he he brought me in to do it. I'll I'll tell you that I was a little nervous because accountants, auditors, it was a big giant auditing firm. And I was uh, asked to go to the partners meeting and ask for money at the partners meeting for Ending World Hunger. And I thought this is the last thing these guys wanted to hear about. And they were all guys, all men. Uh, They really looked Pardon me if you're an auditor, but they looked like auditors. <laughs> and they were—they didn't look warm and fuzzy. You know, I—I wasn't—I uh, don't know. I didn't warm up to them right away. And when I was waiting to go into the partners meeting, I looked at all of their clients and I saw—you know—some of the biggest companies in the world. And there were even countries that they were auditing. I remember it said Republic of Thailand. I thought, oh my God, they're the auditors for Thailand. So by the time I got into the room, I was so scared that um, I, uh, I, I didn't know how to begin. Um, I was so, um, I don't know, intimidated by these guys. And most of them were older than me. Most of them were, you know, looked very, 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 very prosperous. And I, I authentically in the very first minute said, you know what, I know I was introduced to you at the coffee break, but I, I, I would love to have you introduce yourselves again. Uh, just so I can get a feel for who you are, because I'm going to talk to you about something that's very, very important to me. And so one by one, they introduced themselves. And the first man was very um, cold. I asked, uh, Tell me your name and how long you've been with the firm. He said, Dick, 47 years. <laughs> that was his answer. <laughs> he didn't even have, there was no verb, it wasn't even a sentence. And then the next guy, uh, I remember his name was Scott, he said, 47 years, eh? Yeah, yeah, I'm Scott. I've been here for 38. Been partner for seventeen. Didn't we start partnerships around together at the same time? There was a little conversation. Then the next guy, uh, you know, I can't remember Brian. Yeah, you came here after I did, etc. When we got all the way around the table, I had listened to these gentlemen so deeply, with such um, a hunger and appetite. For connecting with them, that by, by the time we got around to the end of this round, actually oval table to my friend Bob over here next to me, he was downright effusive. And there was a warmth, there was a connectivity, there was a relationship in the room. And I was close to tears. Now, this is kind of weird. People don't cry in partnerships meetings for auditing firms, but what I saw was, And I said this to them, I just want you to know, I want to thank you for your work. Because listening to you gentlemen, I realized that you have chosen to be people who hold to account the largest institutions in the world for their financial integrity. That you hold a whole country of Thailand to account for its financial integrity. And that's what you're doing here. You're standing here with your lives, with your life energy, with your education, with your intelligence, with your love, and holding to account the financial integrity of the world in which I live. And I really want to thank you for that. And I was a little bit teary. And even Dick, 47 years, (laughs) he had a little tear, tear in his eye. And that's when I knew I could ask them for money because I had connected with who they are. I knew who they are and I mirrored it back to them in a way that they themselves had forgotten and they made a significant contribution. But that's a, a little illustration of fundraising from the heart and principle number three.
1: Excellent. Okay, principle number four, my favorite. When you bring joy and passion to fundraising, it will always be productive and fulfilling, clarity, and authenticity and boldness attract financial partners and money. And when I say bring joy, it's you bring your own joy to the team. You bring your own joy to your board. You bring your own joy to the conversation, to the activity, um, to the meetings. That really, you know, as a uh, on the development team at Pachamama Alliance, when we're you know grappling for. <laughs> To meet our numbers and to meet our goals and our quarterly numbers and you know, answer to the board. You know, there can be time when there the possibility seems overwhelming and you know, you know, it starts does not become about the person and just about the numbers. But when I walk into that meeting and I bring my authentic joy, I bring my authentic possibility, it, it gets infused to the team and then it gets passes on to the fundraising. That's a really important thing, and it makes for productive and effective raising of money. It draws people in, it is a huge magnet. When you're turned on about something, when you're passionate about something, even within your organization, it has a ripple effect in fundraising Um, and and that boldness, clarity, authenticity, boldness attracts financial partners. If you're waffly, it's not a magnet. When you're clear, when you're bold, when you're unstoppable, there's nothing like it. So Lynn and I work for Pachamama Alliance. Uh, Lynn is the founder of Pachamama Alliance. And we are absolutely unequivocally absolutely 100%, we are going to preserve the sacred headwaters of the Amazon rainforest, no matter what. But if we went in and said, you know what, I think what we're gonna do is possibly, we're gonna try to preserve the sacred land and we're we're doing a pretty good job and I know there's a lot of things happening in this. No, it's not gonna work. But when you are bold as heck and unstoppable, there's nothing like it. And in one-on-one fundraising, That will be so felt. It's unstoppable and that's what attracts money. So to me, that's one of my favorite principles.
0: (laughs) So those are four principles of fundraising from the heart. And we'll continue in a moment about how to apply these directly to whatever it is you're fundraising for so that you can be unstoppable yourself. Okay, I'm gonna summarize this entire course. There are three rules
1: of fundraising. Number one, ask for the money. Now this kind of sounds obvious given what we've shared so far, but we avoid that. We wait, we send an email, we send a text, we ask them to dinner, we ask about their family. We don't actually ask. But number one, ask for the money. Number two, only ask those people who are committed and want to make a difference in the world and want to make a difference with their life and leave this planet better than they found it. Ask everyone because everyone wants to make a difference in the world. Everyone wants to make a difference in their own lives. They may just not know that yet, and as a fundraiser, you know that. So it's our job, it's our job to lift the veil of resignation that falls on people's lives, because I'm telling you, every person wants to give back. Everyone is waiting for you to fundraise with them. And everyone is waiting to give a difference and make a difference in the world.
0: So once again, remember that this is sacred work. I often um, like to remind people that I'm training in fundraising that Gandhi Was a fundraiser, or we wouldn't have known his name. Mother Teresa was a fundraiser, or we wouldn't know about her work either. Desmond Tutu was a fundraiser. Some of the greatest people that you and I admire in history Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony they spent most of their time either fundraising, marching, or in jail. But any great cause that's been accomplished, any great Um, milestone that's been met has been met because someone like you, like me, like Sarah, had the courage, the guts, the wherewithal, the depth of who they were to ask for money. Our job with Fundraising from the Heart, and hopefully yours too, is to ennoble fundraising, ennoble this extraordinary way of being where we facilitate the reallocation of the world's resources, Away from what we fear and towards what we love. Away from overconsumption, away from destruction of the natural world, away from weaponry, away from all the ways that money's being used in service of fear, and reallocate that money towards what we love the health and well being of our families, the health and well being of our communities, the health and well being of our world, the health and well being of all children of all species for all time. So now we're gonna give you some exercises, some processes that'll help you anchor what you've learned here today and um, give you a little bit of homework to do over the next uh, few minutes. And uh, you can use your journal or do this in whatever way serves you. So Sarah. Uh, So the first thing I would love for you to think about, journal, meditate on, is to think
1: about a time when you were asked for money and were thrilled to give it. Think about how did that feel for you? What was that like? Uh, and give examples for yourself. Um, And again, journal on that, meditate on that. That's the first one.
0: Make a list of the people you would most like to have be donors because of really who they are rather than how much money they have and know that they are actually waiting to hear from you. Make a list of those people and imagine them being so thrilled to get your request.
1: Visualize yourself having a deep and fulfilling and compelling, irresistible conversation with someone you've been thinking about. They've been on that list of yours (laughs) forever. Someone you've been thinking about asking and, and stand in the possibility, in the beauty, in
0: the joy, in the thrill of the yes. And fourth, standing in your own abundance your gratefulness, your gratitude for the life you're living. List five things that make your life extremely gloriously abundant. Stand in those five things and realize the gift of being alive. Now take three to five minutes to journal on these ideas that we've given you and these uh, meditations that we've given you and these questions we've given you and do that on your own time and use this to deepen your commitment to finding that place in yourself that is your own fundraising from the heart. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast and thank you. I'm very grateful for you. You're one of my five. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) you're one of my five. You might be all five of my five. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you all for participating. Thank you for um, stepping into this space with us and thank you for your deep listening for this message and good luck to you. May you be blessed with oceans of financial resources for the things you care about.